The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish, two hours here on the program. Got a lot to get to, as always, here on the show. Ready? Richard is going to join us a little bit later, talk some NBA. We got our producer, Brett Levy, going to weigh on on the MVP. And uh, what a great message sent yesterday to the entire world of, uh, of Major League Baseball. Kids, your dreams can come true one day. You can be one of the ones not named to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, not checked off on a sheet of paper. Just keep those dreams alive, kids, and keep working hard because one day you too can be on national television being told you're not good enough. Nobody in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Joe, this year. Congratulations to no one. Oh, well, my favorite part about it is the whole setup. Like they have a remote set up on the network, obviously, where, you know, everybody's waiting they have to be prepared for it. And then you find out there's a bunch of blank ballots, too, where people just didn't vote for anybody this oh. year, which I, I thought was really kind of surprising. I didn't realize how often that happens. And, of course, you always get those people who vote for people just to keep some of their friends on the ballot a little bit longer. You know, you get those 1% and those 5% votes and things like that, which, again, I don't understand. If, if you know the person's not a Hall of Famer, I don't care if it's a friend of yours, it's a nice gesture. It, you take it seriously. And, and let me reemphasize, too, this is not getting into heaven. It's just a plaque, okay? It's a plaque in the Hall of Fame. So this shouldn't be like a judgment upon your entire life and career and everything. But my goodness, I mean, to have the whole setup and do the whole thing just to end up coming short. And I get it. They have two people from last year who didn't get inducted because of COVID. And obviously this year they will have a ceremony for them. So they kind of skirt around it. And I've also found yep. out doing a little research and homework that's not the first time this has happened even in recent years so this does happen periodically uh oftentimes then the veterans committee will step up and then vote someone in that's also not happening this year because they're not voting this year it's going the every other year kind of rule so a very bizarre evening for major league baseball with a lot of attention on it once again for all the wrong reasons oh baseball pr we got to do a better job we just have to yeah well, i mean listen i mean every i mean our show is virtual Every show in the world in the last nine months has been virtual, but no one's getting into the Veterans Committee because they felt like they had to do it in person. That's what had to be done in person, not everything else. I got nothing to say. I think that you hit it right there for sure. Um, the bottom line is with the Hall of Fame, and I'll stop here and then we'll move on, is that moving forward, dear Hall of Fame, I don't care if you put anybody in or not, but you don't have to have it on national television telling us that no one is in. At some point during that day, open up the ballots. Well, if no one is in, let's just not do it because nothing good comes out of saying no one is good enough, and at least for me. All right, let's get to our headlines here because we had some monster stories breaking yesterday and one that we did here for SportsGrid for sure, waiting on this one, waiting on this one, and it finally happened yesterday. Uh, JT Realmuto ends up signing uh, his five-year, $115 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, I uh, will get into that a lot more here on the show. I know a lot of you are watching for that. This morning, we found out that Josh Heupel is going to go with Danny White, the former associate director and head coach at the University of Central Florida, to Tennessee. So we'll see if Tennessee can finally get their act together. It's been a decade. Marcus Simeon signs a one-year deal, $18 million with the Toronto Blue Jays, as they just keep firing, trying to get back into the postseason picture they did last year. It would appear that a very good chance that they are back again this year. 
Angleton Simmons signs a one-year deal with the Minnesota Twins for one year, $10.5 million. You see a, a theme here, a lot of one-year deals. And as we mentioned, no one elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame this year. Uh, Joe mentioned it, no doubt. You have Jeter there. You have Larry Walker there. You have Ted Simmons there. A lot of good franchises represented. It'll be a nice ceremony in July. Um, we got to get into Kurt Schilling here for a minute, Joe, before we get to JT Romuto. <laughs> Got to get into Kurt Schilling. Well, we have plenty of time. Of we got two hours here, Craigie. We could wait. We could we could slow play yeah. this all you want. Yeah, I think a lot of people are waiting for me to talk JT. I'm going to do that here. So let, let's do that. Let's just do Kurt Schilling for a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling yesterday didn't get into the Hall of Fame, decided he didn't want to be on the ballot anymore, sent out a response on Facebook. And, and Joe, the National Baseball Hall of Fame, responded today saying that Schilling cannot be taken off the ballot. He's going to return. So sort of a double whammy, unfortunately, for him, Joe. Uh, not, not only is he not going to get elected next year, but he's going to be on the ballot, too. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say to that one. I know what else to say. Luckily, uh, I have to say this. Does this statement sound like a guy who was not disappointed that he didn't get into the Hall of Fame? I mean, if he had been elected, right, it was only, what, 14 votes or something like that he ended up missing by? It would have been, oh, this is such an honor. I can't believe it. And, you know, I'm having such a terrible time here. You know, my wife's going through cancer treatments, and this is such a beautiful moment for me and my family and that she could possibly see this. Uh, and, And all the things would have been at, right? 14 different votes. Now, all of a sudden, I don't want to be on the ballot. This is the most infantile, immature, ridiculous thing ever. Why didn't you say this the first time around? Why did you wait all this time to say this? You're so close. Every time there's a chance for Kurt Schilling to open his mouth and take his foot and put it directly in it, he finds that opportunity. You got to give him credit, Craig. This guy has more feet in his mouth uh, uh, than Rex Ryan on a Saturday night. There you go. I said it. It's, it's going to be one of those kind of shows today. But Kurt Schilling, way to go, buddy. Way to go. Hmm. Okay, let me close on Schilling. We'll come back and talk about JT Real Muto. I know a lot of you are watching for that because I had that yesterday, and I want to do that. We'll do that before fantasy standouts. I will say that I respect the right for Schilling to feel however he feels, and even though there are probably a lot of people that agree or disagree with his opinion, he's got a strong one. And for that in this country, you have the right to express it. But yesterday's display of wanting to be off the ballot, weak at best. Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we got our fantasy standouts coming up. We're going to talk about odds to win the NBA MVP. I think this is going to be a great race. I've never seen anything this close, uh, this late into the season. And you say late, it's only, I mean, we are only two months in, but my gosh, it's really, really up in the air. I love it. So uh, we'll make Brett Levy, we'll put him on the spot and we'll make him uh, drive across the river and go on FanDuel and bet a hundred bucks on this today to make sure (laughs) we get that done. Uh, before Before we get to NBA real quick, 
I know a lot of you uh, follow us here on SportsGrid. Uh, very proud to break the news yesterday of arguably the biggest signing of the offseason, unless you consider Springer that, which is fair. But for me, it was JT Realmuto who gets his five-year plus million dollars. Joe, he breaks the all-time record for average annual salary in terms of catcher. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, but we had just so much that we were covering. That was, yeah, there was so much we were covering. Yeah, a huge signing yeah. for the Phillies. I, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, it's great for the pitching staff. It's great for the offense. It's great for the clubhouse. I mean, JT is a great guy. He's my people, Real Muto, eh? Uh, but look, obviously the impact here of this signing is huge. And uh, I know a little bit later on the show, we're going to compare him to the last time a catcher yeah. kind of broke that salary barrier and what that ended up looking like. But very different I would say players, very different career paths, too, for both of these guys. And, you know, JT is a phenomenal athlete. If indeed you do get the DH in the National League at some point during this five-year contract, I think that certainly helps as well. And I know we'll break it down further. But I think this was a necessity, too. As much upside as Baum has, as much as you might expect Reese Hoskins to continue to kind of bounce back and develop, Real Muto's presence in that lineup is huge for Bryce Harper. And if you're going to have a player of the, the ilk of Bryce Harper with the ink of that contract, you need some other help in that lineup that you could really depend on. And I think that Real Muto is that guy. So really good signing here by the Phils. Great opportunity there for him to stay put. And uh, a good job by the Phillies too. When you acquire a player like Real Muto and you give up a player like Sixto Sanchez to do it, it's important, I think, for the fan base and for the franchise to solidify that player long-term within your organization. And the Phillies were able to do that and maintain Real Muto, which is great because if Sixto Sanchez becomes a star and Real Muto walks, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it's been really tough for me to kind of go into detail here on on the show because of of just negotiations and things are happening with different teams and with players and, and things of that nature. Uh, but now that it's over, I can talk a little bit more about it because you don't want to ruin any kind of negotiations. But uh, first of all, no doubt, I'm super happy for JT. I think it's well-deserved. I thought he was the best free agent out there and and really worked super hard to get there and his journey from a shortstop, from a quarterback in high school becoming a catcher out of nowhere, out of necessity for his high school team, being scouted, and and now taking care of his family for the rest of his life. This is a very well-deserved player that that got this, and a good guy, too. Very well-liked guy. So I'm, I'm happy for that. On the flip side here, if I've learned anything from what's gone on this offseason, it's not that not to believe things that you read or hear, Joe, but I can tell you that there's a lot less interest in players than is being reported around the league. And I am really concerned for Trevor Bauer. I am really really concerned uh not that he's not going to get a year joe for 30 million because i think someone will but i gotta tell you i just don't see massive competition for any of the major free agents springer jt and bauer and i think the longer this goes the worse it's going to be i can't speak to being an agent or understanding how all of that works but from my intel i would tell trevor bauer get yourself on a contract pretty soon because it is not going to go better. It is only going to go worse. Other teams are going to pivot and sign other players. And this is not like Machado on, on Harper of a few years ago getting $300 million. No. I don't think yeah. that contract exists for Trevor Bauer. I really don't. You can throw teams out there like the Mets, or you could throw teams out there like, uh, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and make something up like a football team may be interested. It ain't out there. <laughs> not happening. Sign your contract at the best thing that you can do right now and move on. That's all I can say based on knowing the negotiations now of a couple of the big free agents. I got to tell you, a great job by those agencies getting those guys signed for $100 plus million. Really incredible. Okay, on to the NBA we go. Let's do our fantasy standouts last night, and then let's bring in our producer extraordinaire, Brett Levy, to go over what happened in those games last night. Because uh, honestly, I was uh, wrapped up in a lot of other stuff, but I'll, I'll do the best I can here. Reggie Jackson, 20.7 rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and one block. Clint Capella. Had another, what's going on with rebounds, man? Rebounds are going up a lot. 13 points, 18 rebounds, one assist, two steals, two blocks. Trey Young had the best game probably of all yesterday. 38 points for the Hawks, three rebounds, five assists, and one steal. Bradley Beal is the shining beacon of light in Washington that will soon be moved. 33 points, five rebounds, four assists, one block. Uh, Cousins with Christian Wood being out, that's hurting my feelings. 19 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, five steals, and one block. I need Christian Wood back on that court. I have his card. And it's going to be worth a lot of money, and I need him to play. Rudy Gobert, 18 points, 19 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 blocks. Brett Levy is with us. Craig Miss, Joe Pizapia. Uh, what stands out for you most here, Brett? I guess we can start from there. It's a pretty weak question to ask uh, you, but I, I'm, I'm supposing that you watched which game last night. What were your thoughts? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I watched Wizards uh, Rockets, you know, John Wall going up against the Wizards for the first time in his career. And I saw that. Was there a little fighting going on between Westbrook and Wall? Did I see that? <laughs> a little back and forth, a little something, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely a little <laughs> scuffle or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Beal, Beal played well, though. John Wall played pretty well. Uh, obviously, he was motivated. Uh, and he, just like LeBron the night before in his quote-unquote revenge game, went over his points prop. So, you know, that's another thing to look for in the betting markets. And, uh, yeah, Trey Young and Clint Capella, you said it, Craig. Uh, they were probably the two biggest stars of the night. Uh, Clint Capella, 18 rebounds, only 13 points. So that's kind of a funny stat line when you think about it. Uh, he's rebounding at a higher rate than he's scoring. Yeah, and Brett, when you're starting to look at the MVP odds right now, too, of the guys and how they're playing, LeBron James obviously still at the very top, plus 500 there. Luka is right behind him there at 55. And then Joel Embiid obviously has been huge for the 76ers. You kind of touched on him as potentially your MVP of the season. Then Durant and Nikolai Jokic kind of bringing up the rear. In your opinion right now, what is the best bet when you're looking at those totals and looking what's available here on the board on FanDuel? Is it Embiid? Is he like the smart money for you? Or do you think this is another foregone conclusion where LeBron James has been playing out of his mind this year? Yeah, so in terms of Embiid and LeBron, they're playing on the teams that are leading their conferences, so that's always going to help, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, Luka Doncic statistically is probably the leader of the pack right now. He's averaging really, really close to a triple-double, actually, so uh, he's right on the cusp of doing that. Although, we've seen in the past, Russell Westbrook did it back-to-back -back years, only won one MVP, so that doesn't necessarily guarantee you an MVP. Uh, even though I personally think it should, because the only two guys to do it are Russell Westbrook twice and Oscar Robertson. So it's clearly not an easy thing to do. And uh, the other two, though, I think the advantages for them are that they're on the conference leaders. And I like Embiid at plus 600 or, because he it's, it's very clear when he's not on the court, the Sixers are not mm -hmm. as good, right? And I, that's, to me, what an MVP is, the guy that's most valuable, that directly affects winning games. And uh, Joel's taken his game to another level this year. He has to keep it up. There's a lot of season left. But through the first 20 games or so, he, he's been my MVP. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Embiid is going to win the MVP. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, see, I see a different Sixers team as we move forward. I, I don't think he keeps it up. Uh, he, here's who I got. First of all, I would take Luca to win the MVP at 550. But I would say this. It's very rare to have a player of the magnitude of LeBron James want an MVP. And every year he doesn't win it, he says that he should have. So that tells <laughs> me that he wants to win this. And that would be my concern here. But I got to tell you, this is a fantastic board to look at and try to get down on something, Joe. Because it is rare to not have an overwhelming favorite. We went through football season. We had some two-to-ones and three-to-ones. You still could get almost yeah. six-to-one on these guys right now. So I think – I think look, you may we may be wrong, but there's an opportunity there to make money. 100 to make 600 with three months left. I like it. All right, we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, everybody, to Fantasy Sports Today, right here on Sports Grid. And Benny Ricciardi's been with us for many months now, but he was doing football. Now it's time to turn four downs into four quarters, talk a little NBA. The sweater is hot today. Let me tell you, man, that is a good look. I am jealous of the sweater you are rocking today, but it's not all about fashion. It's also about substance. So Benny's going to talk to us a little bit about some wagering things that you need to know when you're placing your NBA wagers on FanDuel. So Benny, let's kick things off here with home court advantage without fans this year. How much has that mattered and how much has it not mattered against the spread? And just generally speaking this season with the obviously no fans in the stands yet still for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about this during football season and we made adjustments to the lines that we were putting out there. You know, normally every football season we look at about three points to the spread is what you add for home field advantage. This year it was more like one and a half. And we don't have a ton of data on basketball yet. We only got about a month. But Mm -hmm. so far we're seeing the same thing. Last year, home teams won 55% of the games they played. This year it's down to 51%. When we're looking at the margin of victories here for home teams versus last year, it's about the same as it was with football. It's about a point and a half difference. Now, you can say it's because of the fans. There's a million different ways you can get into it all. I don't really care for the exact reason. All I care about is what we're seeing in the numbers because that's going to affect the way that we're betting on games. If we're making our own lines for games, we want to adjust it. You usually adjust basketball three points the same way you do football. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing this year is one and a half points because we've seen, like I said, we went from a 55% win percentage last year for home teams down to 51% so far this season. So we're going to have to adjust for that into our numbers. So when you're making your numbers, if one team is four or five points better on a neutral floor, instead of adjusting three points this year, I got it down to about a point and a half or a point is what uh, is what we're adjusting it for this year, which worked out to be about the same as it was for NFL. So even though they're two completely different sports, completely different scores, I mean, one sport you got 100-something to 100-something every game, and the other sport you're looking at 20s or 30s, it still breaks down almost the exact same way. So with there being no fans in the stands, probably only adjusting about one and a half points for a home court advantage here in NBA this year. All right. Now talk to me about spread differential, Benny, because I know that's something that's a tool you use when you're evaluating the wagering slate on FanDuel. So how have you been using it this year and what are some of the trends that everybody out there needs to be aware of so that they can use it successfully, too? Because I know we were talking about the Knicks before the uh, before the interview here and why they have kind of been better against the spread than some people realize. So walk me through that. And for people who might not know exactly what spread differential is. Yeah. So um, I'll give a shout out to uh, cleaningtheglass.com because that's where I get this number from. And they do they do really good work over there. And really what the spread differential breaks down to is finding teams that are either overperforming or underperforming the expectations that the betting markets have for them. So to give you an example, we talked about the Knicks here this year. Nobody expected the Knicks to be good. Everybody thought the Knicks were going to suck. They were going to be one of the worst teams in the league again this year. And I'm not saying that they're going to win the championship or they're one of the best teams in the league. But they've done a lot better than people expected. So they actually have the best spread differential. And what a spread differential is, like the Lakers as an example, the Lakers um, margin of victory and their spread differential is basically zero because they're winning games by about the amount of points that the spread says they should be winning by when you you know take the final scores of all their games versus what the spreads are. When you look at a team like the Knicks, the Knicks have the best spread differential in the league at plus 3.6, which is kind of in line with what we see year over year. Last year, Toronto had the best one at plus 3.2. And what it really means is that this is a team that the betting market is not as high on as they should be. Their performance out there on the floor is better than the performance that people are expecting from them. So, for example, if you see a Knicks spread that's minus 2, when you look at the spread differential, you should really look at it as like, well, hey – if the Knicks are minus two here, they're probably more favored like minus five because they've been outperforming every game by about three and a half points on average. So it kind of shows you where Vegas and the sports bettors are kind of undervaluing certain teams 
because those are the teams that you want to keep betting on because until it catches up, which it always does. So at some point later in the year, if we talk about this again, the Knicks right. are not going to still be in first at plus. Well, three. that was my next question is how long yeah. does it take then for this to kind of catch up with itself in terms of trend? And then does it then become the inverse where it starts to become dangerous to that bet on team like the Knicks who has been outperforming now that everything is caught up with itself in terms of, OK, yeah. now the wagers and now now I should say the spread is where it should be for that particular team. See, it's tough. It's tough for me to tell you exactly. Like, hey, you could bet this up until February seventeenth, and then it's like <laughs> of course not a trend. But I mean, really, what it comes down to, Joe, with basketball, as long as as long as the team stays healthy, a lot of the times these things all wind up trending towards zero. So if you see that the Knicks keep outperforming like they have been now, you want to try to hop on a team like the Knicks who are in first. Um, Detroit Pistons are actually second. Chicago Bulls are actually third. Mm-hmm. And these are all teams that most people look at and say, wow, these are really bad teams. But eventually that's going to start changing in people's minds. They're going to start being like, hey, you know what? You, you've seen the movie Major League, right? You know the yeah, part with the a million times. Yeah. You know the part where the uh, Japanese guys that work on the field, they're like, you know. Yep. Be- oh, I know. I, I won't use the words, but this team is, you know, bad. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> eh, they're still kind of bad. And then at the right. end, they're like, all right, now, now they're kind of good. That's the kind of situation here. It takes a while for the market to catch up with what's actually going on. So I can't tell you that this is going to stay for a month or two months or three months. But I can tell you right now that the Knicks, the Detroit Pistons, and the Chicago Bulls have all been outperforming what Vegas expects for them. So these are teams that you want to give a little bit of a bump to when you're looking at the spread. If there's a close spread and you think, "Ah, I don't know if I want to bet on this, if it's one of those teams, chances are you should probably be betting on them. I'm very proud of you, Benny, that you walked the line with that reference. I'm very, very proud. Old Benny, maybe not. This is 2021, Benny. I love it. For me, Joe, you know that my normal vernacular has a lot of words that I can't use on television. So You and me both. It's a daily struggle. Let's talk about the teams that are doing well from the efficiency standpoint, both offensively and defensively, and also some teams that are really playing well overall right now. Yeah, so this is a stat that I like a lot because – it basically is a very good predictor of the teams that we're going to be seeing making a run for the NBA championship. So the idea is that if you're really good on offense and you're really good on defense, not only are you one of the better teams in the league, but you're one of the best teams in the league because you're going to be able to win games when your shot's not dropping by using your defense. And you're going to be able to win games when you get into these big 120, 125 kind of shootouts because your defense is going to be better than the other teams. So just to give you an example, last year, The Lakers actually weren't one of the teams that qualified under this last year, top 10 in offensive efficiency, top 10 in defensive efficiency, and that's measured per 100 possessions. But they were right on the cusp of it. They were 11th on offense, and they were third overall on defense last year. The other teams that did qualify were the L.A. Clippers, who lost in the semifinals last year, Uh, the Boston Celtics, who lost in the conference finals to Miami, who was another team that qualified here and lost in the finals to the Lakers. And then the only other team that qualified was the Milwaukee Bucks, who – They only made it to the second round, but they got knocked out by Miami, who was another team that also qualified here because you can't have all these teams that qualify move on. So this is a stat that's been very predictive over the years. When you have a team that's top 10 in offensive efficiency, top 10 in defensive efficiency, these are the teams you should be looking at to put some futures bets on for NBA championship because these are the teams that tend to make those deep runs. So looking at it in 2021 right now, there are four teams that are in the top 10 for both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency measured in per 100 possessions, their scoring averages or scoring giving up. So Utah is the top one right now, fourth offensively, second defensively. The Lakers are in there this year, seventh offensively, number one overall defensively. Uh, The Boston Celtics are eighth on offense, ninth on defense. And then the Atlanta Hawks, who are having a great year this year, are 10th on offense and fifth on defense. Now, the Lakers are the only one of those teams that you're really getting at an incredibly short price. The Lakers right now to win the championship somewhere around like plus 250 plus 300 depending on what book you're using and how much they boosted up Brooklyn after the uh the James Harden trade because those two things kind of you know they kind of even each other out when you're doing all that but teams like Utah Boston and Atlanta are teams that right now you can get at really good prices to make deep runs into the you know into the NBA championship or even like to get there towards the finals where you give yourself a chance to hedge off on the Eastern or Western Conference final depending on how it works out so that's yeah. what this stat is really all about. These are the teams that right now have the makeup to really make those deep runs into the playoffs. Utah's been very impressive to me so far this year. I love the, the complete package. One of the few teams that plays a lot of defense, too. All right. I know we only got like a minute left. Walk me through team performance versus total. How do you approach totals on a nightly basis, too, in the NBA wagering slate on FanDuel? 
Yeah, I mean, real quick, the easy way to do this, Joe, it's basically like spread differential, except we're not talking about the spread here now. We're talking about the totals. So mm -hmm. um, right now, when you're looking at overs, like the Denver Nuggets have been 76% to the over this year. And they're, you know, differential between what the totals are and what their totals actually, what the totals are from Vegas and what the totals actually are in their games is the biggest in the league right now. Their margin is plus seven. So this is a team that you can understand why they've been over in 76% of their games because they're not just going over. They're going over by a big margin here. And this is one of those teams that Vegas seems to be, you know, giving too much credit maybe on the defensive side and not enough credit on the offensive side, being that Denver this year is a very good offensive team and a, a little bit of a weaker defensive team, which is also what they were last year. So kind of, kind of in line with what we've seen out of them. Uh, the Washington Wizards are another team there. You know, the Wizards, 66% of their games have gone over. They've gone over in two-thirds of their mm -hmm. games. And their differential is plus six points. So, again, a pretty big number that is different from what Vegas is offering. This is one of those teams where the numbers that Vegas is throwing out have been below what we've actually seen out there on the, on the floor. And it also works the same way for the downside. Like Atlanta, as good as Atlanta's been, people think the Atlanta games this year are going to be super high scoring every night. They've seen some of the biggest totals. Atlanta's actually only gone over in 25% of their games this year. And their number is minus 7.6. So... In terms of like, you know, total value, it's actually betting the unders in Atlanta has been one of the most profitable things you can do this year. So those are just some things to keep in mind with the team totals and the margins to kind of keep you on a winning streak going forward here. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff, Benny. Great stuff. Look at you. So versatile. Football, right. baseball, basketball. What can't you do? I don't know. But uh, obviously you should follow him on Twitter for all of it at BennyR11 and check him out on Fade the Noise where he does his podcast, where he does the video stuff. He writes articles. He does everything. Uh, Benny, always a pleasure to talk a little NBA with you. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And I can't wait to see what you wear next week. All right. We'll be right back. More sports grid, more fantasy sports today. We'll be right back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. We gave you another good reason to follow us on Twitter yesterday at SportsGrid, at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizapia17. Uh, we had the story yesterday. JT Realmuto signs a five-year, $115.5 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. He will now spend the next five years there and in all likelihood will still remain a catcher. He's a very athletic guy, played shortstop in high school, also played quarterback. In fact, Bryce Harper on Instagram tweeted out well I guess it wouldn't be tweeted out he posted QB1 when Real Muto ended up signing so great athlete I could see him certainly playing this thing out maybe even going into free agency again as a catcher or even another position so interestingly enough the five years 115 as we'll take a look at it here in 2020 uh, it, it was it was a season that was kind of uh, strange for everyone and JT tends to get hot and and cold and last year he basically didn't finish the year he had like a hip issue 
If you remember, Joe, his season in 2020, the first month was just ridiculous. I think it was leading Major League Baseball in home runs, if I'm not mistaken. But in 47 games, 11 home runs, 32 runs driven in, 266 batting average, 841 OPS. The, The thing that I'd like to point out, and regardless of what kind of athlete you are, and it's really good advice for fantasy moving forward too, and like JT or anyone else, is that catchers do tend toward the end of the season to wear down regardless. You'll sure. see the number to start to go down unless they get time at DH or somewhere else. It's very grueling. You're involved in every single play. And 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 it's really just a smart move in fantasy. If you can get out from under a catcher after 100 games, you're probably going to get the best 100 games that you got from someone. Uh, usually after the All-Star break, they kind of get rejuvenated again, but there is a slowdown at the end. But simply put, Joe, the fact that you, you know you're banking on, uh, Joe, 130 games caught, you're banking on 20 home runs, you're banking mm-hmm. on 70 runs driven in, he plays in a good ballpark. Uh, I, I think we're headed toward the third year in a row, I think, of, of JT being the number one fantasy catcher off the board. Is it three years in a row now that we'll have that, or is it just two? I know last year it was. Uh, definitely the last two. I'd have to go back and look at who was around on the third. But uh, the point is definitely made, which is kind of, uh, if memory serves, Brian McCann is kind of the poster child for what you're talking about. Brian McCann would start off red hot with Atlanta year after year. Great RPV guy, a guy that could really uh, put you above a lot of other teams at the catcher position or in two catcher leagues even. And then the second half of the year, wearing down, especially in the heat of Atlanta, Every single year, by the time you turn the page in July and August, he would drop off precipitously. And if you are going to go ahead and take an advantage with a guy like JT Ramuto, you should absolutely, like Craig saying, look into potentially moving him at the All-Star break because you've already accumulated, especially in Roto Leagues, a bunch of really good productivity and stats from that position. If you could find another player, a pitcher, and another serviceable catcher for a guy like JT Real Muto in your fantasy league, that is a great turnaround potentially. But with Real Muto, what's fascinating to me, Craig, about his career so far is he he was kind of a slow burn kind of a guy. And then you hit 2017, 2018, back-to-back All-Star seasons. You see the power emerge. You see him become a 20-home run guy. I think he had 17 the year before that. And as that emergence starts to happen, all of a sudden he kind of gets thrust in from, this guy's a really good hitter. I feel like that was kind of the MO of Real Muto. was like, this guy's a really good hitter. He's got a little bit of pop to all of a sudden – 20 home runs, 20 home runs, and you go, wow, this guy is more than just a good hitter. This guy is a cornerstone hitter in your lineup. And I think that's been the evolution of JTR Muto. And I would imagine, too, in keeper and dynasty formats, you've got a good two- to three-year window of that player still available to you. But I would certainly be thinking about the back end because you have to, the mileage of catcher. And look, the best-case scenario is a guy that keeps catching and still plays first base, plays every day, a guy who DHs, and that would be enormous for his value if he could maintain catcher eligibility because those guys used to exist, and they have just disappeared into the ether. They just do not exist anymore in Major League Baseball for fantasy, and it is a shame. I won leagues with uh, Pablo Sandoval still qualifying a catcher but playing third base. Josh Willingham, a guy from your Marlins back in the day, playing outfield and catching a little bit too. Those guys used to find you, find them on the waiver wire. You'd find them in your drafts. Now they are gone. You're a catcher or you're nothing else nowadays. And that's something that's really kind of changed the landscape of fantasy. Yeah, it was also interesting last year, if I recall, I think it was about 20 games in, uh, Girardi gave JT the green light to steal. And you'll notice mm-hmm. at one point last year, in a, over the course of like three weeks, he started stealing bases again. And if he plays 130 games, you're good. And, and I know Steels is down every year. It just goes it goes down and more down. But but Philly was in a really desperate spot, Joe, last year. And they just had mm-hmm. to, just, you know, basically manufacture every run that they yeah. could because of that bullpen. And he was stealing. So I, I don't know if that will be the case this year. But if last year is any indication, I think that you could probably pencil in 10 steals for him again this year, which is more than 70% of the league. I mean, as sad as it is, that's just <laughs> yeah, that catcher, yeah, especially a catcher. Yeah, I mean, not even a catcher with anybody. No one's yeah. It's wild. You're right. So, uh, you're right, you're right. so the comparison is now being made financially, Joe, where, where uh, JT, because of that extra one hundred thousand per year, surpassed Joe Mauer's annual average salary, being the highest paid catcher of all time per season. So, how does he stack up uh, with Joe Mauer in terms of that comparison? Well, look, you know, the Joe Maurer comparison is, I think, slightly unfair. They're kind of different players. But, uh, in fact, they 
are both catchers. In fact, that they had this huge uh, salary and this huge contract at one point in their careers, it does tell you a lot about them. But Joe Mauer also came up a lot younger than JT Ramuto. I want to say he was, what, 21? I'm just checking on it right now. Yeah, he was 21 years old when Joe Maurer made his debut. So he had a few years of cumulativeness ahead of JT Ramuto. He was also an incredible average hitter. Uh, we're talking a very high batting average every year. But if you look around that, you'll see he has more hits. But the power numbers are shockingly the same, which is a credit to Real Muto because he's got basically better power numbers than Joe Maurer. Maurer had that one great 28 home run season. Then after that, he right. never sniffed 20 home runs again. And the weird thing about Maurer was also he signed that mega contract and then right immediately turned into leaving from the Metrodome into Target Field, which was not right. built for Joe Maurer. And that really changed, I think, his career path. This was a at the time everyone, well, it's a no-brainer. He's the he's the king of Minnesota, right? Hometown boy, great catcher, great guy, face of the organization. And then they moved to the other ballpark, and the other ballpark really hurt him. And then on top of that, you see the mileage of catcher and all of that kind of wear. Now he was always a guy you could count on for a 300 batting average. But when you look at the stats, what really was surprising to me is not so much that he had way more hits and way more RBI and, and run scored and things like that. He was around a lot more, but it's the power numbers. And JT is really showing you from the catcher position that he can hit for some serious power. He can be a 20 home run threat on an annual basis, even if he only plays 140 games, which is what you usually expect from a catcher, you know, with the rest days and things like that. 140 is a great number. You get to 140 as a catcher. I am sold. Give me all of that. So uh, I think you look at this and you hope that the power continues and you like the fact that he is in this ballpark because this is a very home run friendly specific ballpark in Philadelphia. And I think getting out of where he was in Miami, moving to Philadelphia, that is like kind of the opposite with Joe Maurer. Whereas Joe Maurer, you had the mileage catch up to him, the years of catching catch up to him and the ballpark factor. In a lot of ways, it's like the opposite. You're going to possibly have a DH in the National League at some point during this contract. And on top of that, it's a good home run friendly ballpark. So maybe you get that third and fourth year out of that contract from a fantasy standpoint, as opposed to just maybe the next two. Yeah, I, I look, the track record is going to tell you. And first of all, Joe Mauer, very shortly after 29, maybe at 31, 30, moved to first base. That's very important to note here. And, and the other track record that you would have that would be to bet against JT, honestly, would be Buster Posey. And Buster Posey has gone yep. through now the same thing and sat out all of last year. Uh, I'm going to bet against that with JT just because I know the athlete. And, and I think that he is going to last longer at a higher level than both the players that I both mentioned. But that would be me going against the grain. Definitely would be because you use the last two, let's call them Joe, superstar catchers. I think right. both Maurer and Posey are ending up on a ballot of the Hall of Fame and lasting for a while, if not getting in. I think they're going to be there, those two guys. I mean, the Buster Posey's a several-time World Series champion and MVP. So there's no doubt for me that, that they're going to be Posey, in that conversation. Excuse me, Craig, but for Posey, do you ever think he was the same player after that injury, had that home plate no, collision? never. I don't no. either. And, and I think that more than anything else, to me, it's that one singular moment and uh, gets the pitfalls of catching. But oh, I want to say that was the impetus for a lot of the rule changes around uh, collisions at home. It was. Memory serves. It, was. it was the impetus for that. So I think JT, in a way, benefits from what ended up being an unfortunate set of circumstances for Buster Posey. So there's a lot of things here that really support JT Rel Muto now, especially catchers being more protected. But that was, to me, the moment where, you know, you hope the guys come back from injuries. But Buster Posey, although he's older and you can maybe market that and some other things, I think it was that injury. He was just never the same player after that, unfortunately. Yeah, he had surgery and and, and didn't even play last year, too. I think he, he uh, Posey didn't play last year because of personal reasons. It had nothing to do with yeah, injury. Totally. But mm -hmm. there's no doubt that Buster Posey, I mean – if he caught 120 games and hit 10 home runs, I'd be surprised. I mean, it's just the, the nature of where he's gone. But certainly, I think he's a Hall of Fame candidate, personally. I think I think he should be there. Okay, now, the Blue Jays signed Marcus Simeon to a one-year deal, $18 million. This raised a lot of eyebrows because they already have a really good shortstop, if not an elite shortstop, if not a future all-star shortstop in Bo Bichette, who just crushed it last year, Joe, when he played and then got hurt, missed a lot of time. And by a lot, meaning, what, 20 games, because it was only a 60-game season. Interesting numbers here when you look at it, Joe, because Bichette's numbers were better than Simeon's. I got to tell you, I don't think Simeon ends up playing short for Toronto. I think that he'll qualify mm -hmm. in fantasy there. 
but I think he's playing somewhere else. I think Bichette's going to play short. How do you see this? I agree with you. Uh, I don't see any reason why you would move your young uh, cornerstone player in Bo Bichette off of his natural position. I think that's asking a lot of a young kid, especially we know we have Marcus Simeon for one year. It's a one-year deal. Why would you do that to Bo Bichette for one year and then say, okay, now yeah. move back? Uh, I, to me, this has to be, and a lot of people are already speculating, well, I guess Bichette's moving or Biggio's moving, and I'm thinking to myself, really, for a one-year deal? And I'm going to love Marcus Simeon. I'm a Marcus Simeon guy. It was an unfortunate 60-game sample, I think, for him last year. I think this is one of those players you look back at the previous season, and then you even go back a little bit further, and you look at the end of the second half of the previous year before that, you saw a player that was clearly on the rise, and he had a bad 60-game stretch. And I think you kind of punt on that. But I think what this does mean is probably ending any notion of Vlad Guerrero going back to third base. There's been some rumblings about that, too. I think that's what this is about. Simeon probably will play third. They probably have that. Look, he's a great athlete, good hands, good range, good arm. Shifts over to third base, plays that, and improves the defense for the pitching staff. And if you can't improve the pitching for the Blue Jays, then at least improve the defense because then by default, you're improving the pitching a little bit. And I think the Simeon trade is a great version of that. Move Ladd off of there. I think the biggest loser in this trade is Rowdy Telez, Would you? in this acquisition, I should say, is Rowdy Telez because if Ladd's going to play first base, Teoscar's probably going to DH, which means Telez is probably going to be on the bench. That would be my initial instinct of who's the loser in this deal. But they didn't sign Simeon to sit. He's going to play, and I think the hot corner is where he's going to do it. It feels it feels trending that way. Um, I would say that Telez will probably still play some first base. In terms of overall loss, yes, I think so. Uh, you know, I, I think the other thing too is, and I know that we've seen Joe this off season, uh, pictures of Vladimir Guerrero in great shape and, and all of that stuff. It doesn't change the fact that he has not been a good defender at first base too. You know, like that's, right. that's still, I think going to be an issue. The, the Marlins played the Blue Jays six times last year. I watched a lot of those games. I thought their defense overall was very poor. I, I don't think Vlad can even play first. So they're going to try. I don't think it will work. I think Telez may have to play some first. I, I don't know. Maybe they have other options at first. Maybe Teoscar plays first. I don't know. But uh, those are things that will get sorted out, and we'll run through it for you here on Fantasy Sports Today for sure. All right, coming up next, a little fantasy trivia. Then we got the top of the hour, let you know what's going on. We got Chris in the update, so make sure you stay on the grid as we take a brief time out. But we're back in just two minutes, so don't go anywhere. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. A lot coming up next hour. We'll dive into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I know there's a lot of debate going on there. Of course, Joe and I will touch on that. But before we wrap up this hour, let's do a little fantasy trivia. It's been a rough week for me so far, so I'm going to try and pick up the pieces here on this one. Joe, what do we got today? Well, look, I believe in you still. I think this is a good opportunity. Today's question is a good one, but we'll see. 
We'll see. This is a little cumulative question here. We've been doing Super Bowl trivia all week here on the program. So who has scored the most touchdowns in their Super Bowl career? So we've had a lot of guys who played in multiple Super Bowls. Everybody on this list certainly has played in multiple Super Bowls. So who has the most touchdowns of this group? Is it Emmett Smith? Is it Jerry Rice, the greatest ever do it? Is it John Stallworth, certainly played in his fair amount of Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers, or is it Terrell Davis, who only played in two? But my goodness, they were two very good performances. So I'll put it to you. Is it Smith, Jerry Rice, Mr. Stallworth, or Mr. Davis? To you, Craig Mish. Well, you know, I I don't really – I'm familiar with John Stallworth very much so, playing all those years on the Steelers and was a great receiver. But I would just be guessing if I picked him. And, and Terrell Davis, as you mentioned, two games, I believe he scored two touchdowns in each game, so that would give him four. And, and so it comes down to Emmett Smith or Jerry Rice, both played in a lot of Super Bowls, but San Francisco threw to Brent Jones, they threw to John Taylor. Uh, I'm going to pick Emmett Smith here and take a shot. A is my answer. You know, I try to give you the layup some days and just you, you, you refuse to want to do it. You want to try to dunk it, and the next thing you know, though, the ball goes backwards behind it's you. And it's, out. City. Yeah. it's Jerry Rice. It's Jerry Rice. It is of course Rice. it's Jerry okay. Rice. Well, well, and here's the thing. the the What you failed to remember was not just the Joe Montana ones, but also the Steve Young one where they put up 50-plus against the Chargers. Oh, on San Diego. Yeah. Forgot about that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And he had a couple touchdowns in that game, which put him at, get this, eight. Eight touchdowns for Jerry wow. Rice. That's a pretty big number. Did he right score one with the Raiders too? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I'd have to go back and look, but I want to say they were all from San Francisco. But uh, once again, that was the one that people forget. They always think of him with Montana and all those years, but Steve Young, not bad either. Headlines are next, and Chris's update. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. ba 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 